Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning into this podcast during this season of Lent. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit for 40 days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. The Lord be with you. Please be seated. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the first Sunday of Lent. It's wonderful that you can join us online for this service. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts, 
by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Let us come to the Lord, who is full of compassion, and acknowledge our transgressions in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose Son Jesus Christ fasted forty days in the wilderness and was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Give us grace to discipline ourselves in obedience to your Spirit. And as you know our weakness, so may we know your power to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. 
Moses spoke to the people, saying, When you come into the land which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance, and have taken possession of it, and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God gives you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place which the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare this day to the Lord your God that I have come into the land which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us, and laid upon us hard bondage. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground which thou, O Lord, hast given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God, and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given to you, and to your house, you and the Levite, and the sojourner who is among you. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you.
A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. What does scripture say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For man believes with his heart and so is justified. And he confesses with his lips and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and bestows his riches upon all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus. 
Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit for forty days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing in those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it shall all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will give his angels charge of you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I can't quite remember now what it was that I had been expecting to find when I experienced the Judean wilderness for the first time, but it had certainly never occurred to me that it would be beautiful. Although when I use that word, I don't mean beautiful in a pretty kind of way, but rather a stark and awesome and terrible beauty. Because I found myself in the middle of the most breathtaking and powerful landscape imaginable, arid and desolate and inhospitable, but very far from being dull or monotonous. On the contrary, it was full of dramatic hills and rocks and plunging ravines. And there was something about the sheer scale of the place that was utterly daunting. It seemed to go on forever. Standing in its midst, one felt like a microbe in space, an insignificant speck against such a vast and ancient landscape. It was quite unlike anything I had ever experienced before. And encountering that kind of place can generate some interesting responses in the human soul. I can remember feeling incredibly exposed, exposed most obviously to the searing heat of the sun, but also utterly exposed to the searching eyes of God. Because the desert is a place of hard truths, a place where it is difficult to hide, either from the heat or from God, or from oneself. Which is why the desert has also been traditionally seen as a place of battle. 
There is, of course, the sheer physical battle necessary to survive in such an inhospitable place, full of hidden dangers. But the desert is also a place of spiritual battle. Since time immemorial, the desert has been a place that has drawn people who were searching for God, a place that was free from the distractions and complexities of ordinary daily life. And those who spent time in the wilderness, more often than not, have undergone some process of spiritual testing. Whether that was the 40 years that the Israelites spent in the wilderness, learning what it meant to, to be the people of God, or centuries later, the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness, fasting and undergoing temptation, in preparation for the ministry that he was about to begin as he got ready to embrace his destiny. And it's easy to see how the God whom one experiences in such an austere setting can appear to be a very powerful and uncompromising God. One might well expect, therefore, that prolonged exposure to the desert by human beings would turn them into hard and uncompromising people, however holy they might regard themselves as becoming in the process. But interestingly enough, that does not, in general, seem to be the case, because for many who are called out there, the desert turns out to be the one place above all other places where they, where they learn about the importance, indeed, the essential nature of compassion. Alan Jones, author of a book entitled The Desert Way of Spirituality, describes how the stark extremes of the desert experience forced him to reorder his priorities in a way that impacted upon his relationship with other be human beings. He wrote this. The desert does strange things to the way one sees. It plays tricks with the imagination and, at the same time, intensifies and magnifies experiences. The hot sun and the apparent deadness of the desert clarify one's mind and reorder one's priorities. It is easy to see why codes of hospitality are strictly adhered to in this part of the world. Hospitality is a matter of mutual survival. It didn't take me long to realize what most mattered in all the world. Heat, dust, and loneliness made me appreciate our need for three simple things, food, shelter, and companionship. From the mid-third century onwards in the deserts of Egypt, small groups of Christian monks began to cluster together under the supervision of an abbot. This gave rise to what would become a thriving and distinctive monastic tradition. The sayings and stories associated with their most famous abbots, the Desert Fathers, were passed on orally before being written down, and they give us a fascinating glimpse of their lives. 
There must have been something absolute and uncompromising about the kind of faith that drove such men and some women to leave behind all creature comforts and pursue their Christian commitment in such extreme and inhospitable circumstances. And again, one might reasonably expect this to be reflected in high expectations they had of one another in terms of rigid standards of discipline and asceticism. And yet, what comes across most strikingly in the stories of the Desert Fathers is something rather different, something that is in fact profoundly humane. Let me read you a couple of examples. Take, for example, the following anecdote told of a, of a desert father called Abba Poimen. Some old men came to see Abba Poimen and said to him, we see some of the brothers falling asleep during divine worship. Should we wake them up? Abba Poimen responded, as for me, when I see a brother who is falling asleep during the office, I lay his head on my knees and let him rest. Or what about this story told of another of the desert fathers, Abba Bessarion? A brother who had sinned was turned out of the church by the priest. Abba Bessarion got up and followed him out. He said, I too am a sinner. Or what about this story? Abazino said this, if a man wants God to hear his prayer quickly, then before he prays for anything else, even his own soul, when he stands and stretches out his hands towards God, he must pray with all his heart for his enemies. Through this action, God will hear everything that he asks. You see, the desert may be characterized by its arid and infertile soil, soil in which, by definition, nothing can grow. And yet, precisely the opposite is true in the context of the spiritual life. Deserts, be they physical or spiritual, often provide the seedbed for the most astonishing kinds of growth. A desert experience can, can enable us to grow in ways that would never be possible if we were to remain cocooned in comfortable, easy surroundings. Because the point of a desert place is that it can reorder our priorities in a very radical way. And it can reveal to us very acutely the things that are of God. And therein lies the importance of Lent for those of us who seek to follow Christ. Because we are invited for this finite period of 40 days to strive to live more simply, to structure our lives in a more disciplined way, and consciously to focus our hearts and our minds on God more directly. Because that is how we grow in understanding of both ourselves and of God. And that is also how we grow in faith. The Orkney poet Edwin Muir was a man whose own life was blighted by the darkest of deep depressions. 
And yet, interestingly enough, in a very striking poem entitled One Foot in Eden, Muir reflected that for all its legendary fertility, there were some things that could never have taken root in the Garden of Eden, precisely because of its perfection and the superabundance of everything that grew there. He wrote this. Famished field and blackened tree bear fruits in Eden never known. Blossoms of grief and charity bloom in these darkened fields alone. What had Eden ever to say of hope and faith and pity and love until was buried all its day and memory found its treasure trove? Strange blessings never in paradise fall from these beclouded skies. The Jesus who emerged from his wilderness experience was a Jesus who had fought his battles with himself as well as with Satan and who emerged ready to embrace his ministry and his destiny. But he emerged also as a Jesus who knew all about human weakness and human frailty and human despair and whose ministry was there for all because ours is a God of compassion who knows us and who calls us, who rescues us when we fall and who embraces us, us with a love that knows no bounds. And in a world in which the distorting and corrupting power of human selfishness and human evil have never been more apparent in our wanton destruction of our planet and in the horrors we are currently witnessing in Ukraine. We need that love and compassion and the hope that it inspires more than ever before. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. 
We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. The response to the bidding, Lord, for the years is, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, on this first Sunday in Lent, we ask you to hear the prayers we offer. We pray for Her Majesty the Queen and His Royal Highness Prince Charles. For Alison, our Rector, Jeff, our Associate Priest, and for all who have made it possible for us to join in acts of worship at St Bride's during the past months. And for our family and friends, the special people you have given us. Watch over those who are separated from us and keep them safe. Lord of all, your word summoned this world into existence, brought order out of chaos and beauty out of the formless. This word is the light by which our journey is illuminated, the light by which we see the beauty of this world and the light we pass to those who would join us travelling in the joy of your company. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. We pray for all who work in the media and those serving in our armed services, whether at home or in lands far away. For all who hold positions of responsibility and leadership, both nationally and internationally, during this challenging and uncertain time in our history. Give them wisdom to learn from the mistakes of the past. We think especially of the people of Ukraine. Bring harmony where there is hostility, relief where there is suffering, and hope where there is despair. May he who makes peace in high places make peace for all on earth. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. We bring before you all who are lonely or depressed, who feel unloved and isolated, the homeless and the animals who keep them company, and all whose lives are shattered and broken, when each day seems long and arduous. Healing God, we ask you to touch those who are unwell, ease their pain and suffering in body, mind and spirit, and make them better. May your love through us reach those in need and give them renewed hope for the future. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. God of the spirits, we remember those we have loved who have reached the end of their earthly journey and passed through time into eternity, where the clouds of earth's sorrow are lifted. May we who miss them gain comfort in the memories we cherish in our hearts. Grief is the price we pay for love. In a moment of quietness, we bring before you all for whom we have been asked to pray and those who have no one to pray for them. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, as the earth once again turns to face the sun, we give thanks for this season of spring, 
the new life around us, the song of the birds, the beauty of the fields and blossoming countryside. As we walk through this life, help us to understand the responsibility we have to keep the treasures of your creation free from harm. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers for the sake, for the sake of, of your Son, our Saviour, Saviour Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which were earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, 
through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the victory of Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, 
that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body and our souls washed through his most precious blood and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, you have renewed us with the living bread from heaven. By it you nourish our faith, increase our hope, and strengthen our love. Teach us always to hunger for him who is the true and living bread and enable us to live by every word that proceeds from out of your mouth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit 
to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Christ, give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. 